Hey, yo, 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 what's up? Jonathan Fox here for the It's John Fox Show. Hopefully you're doing well. It is Friday. Don't know the actual date. September 14th? Something like that. We are coming off of a spectacular week. Hopefully yours has been good as well. Got a lot of great stuff on the show today. Lots of stuff coming in from you It's John Fox listeners. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it, love it. Love the interactions. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, got Ask Away today. Got some good tunage. Oh, y'all, just go ahead and let me tell you, there's some, some great music out there that I'm going to unveil to you through the help of some people who've been listening to the show and some stuff that I've been listening to on my own, but we will get into all of that. Got a great question about Halloween, since Halloween's coming up uh, for you parents. Actually have a big thought today that's around the idea of parenting as well. So for you parents, got a lot of stuff for you on the show. Um, Want to jump in here in a little while to this whole, the whole Nike. I know it's already done. It's been done. Really, it's been done, but it keeps popping up. Um, the whole uh, Kaepernick Nike ad. Talk a little bit about that. I'm going to maybe peel back a little bit, go into something that's it's related, but it, it kind of veers off. I've had lots of good conversations about uh, the whole Nike ad thing with different people, and it's been a it's been a, just an interesting thing. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. But I uh, wanted to start off the show just telling you about some cool stuff that's happening with Wotown Creative. So if you don't know, I have a brand called Wotown Creative, and uh, the beginning of this year, I really just decided that there were going to be some things that I just enjoyed. One of the things I enjoy uh, is which in the past had been just design, but I specifically really liked making t-shirt, like designs for T-shirts or for apparel and stuff. And so I tried this a long time ago. It didn't really work out that well. I had a thing called Minority Brand, and the reason it didn't work out is because I didn't have the tools necessary to really make it happen. The time we live in right now is I've encouraged many people on podcasts past is that we're in a time where if you want to do something, the technology that exists to help you do that is literally unlimited, it feels like. With a little bit of money and the technology that we have available to us, you can do some pretty rad things. So I'm doing this thing called Wotown Creative. I've been doing it since the beginning of the year. It officially launched, I believe, around the same time as the podcast. So so beginning of December, uh, beginning of the year, somewhere in that time frame. Regardless, so I've been making designs and selling a few shirts. One of the things I've been doing with it is using it as a tool for helping people fundraise. We just got done with a campaign for uh, some families in Haiti to send their kids to school. I'm actually writing the check uh, for my friend for that uh, this weekend. So just really cool stuff, you know, that that I'm, I'm able to do with the brand. But one of the things that's just fun is I get to design shirts and then collections is kind of the idea. So have this collection idea and then do a bunch of designs around that so right now on the store there are two collections you need to know about if you're a parent the first collection i would tell you about is uh, crazy kids this is a collection inspired from my oldest son kingston i was talking to him about he was wanting to buy something and i said well you should you know we should earn some money and he was like well how can i earn some money i was like i'll tell you what if you if you'll you know basically help me with some ideas on designs for the store, then whatever the shirts we sell, I'll I'll help you with you know learning some stuff with money. So I'm I'm going to be teaching my kid some stuff with money. Um, but the sh- the shirts are awesome. I, I really like them. Like if if I mean I could I can make adult sizes, 
But uh, there, it's called the Crazy Kids Collection. If you go to Wotown.store, it's one of the featured collections. Literally, if you just scroll down, you'll start seeing bits of it. You can actually click the collections page for Crazy Kids and see the whole lineup. Uh, there's a text shirt that's got some text emblems in it. It's pretty cool. It's like a gray shirt with yellow and black. Uh, there is a stacked word shirt that just says crazy. Uh, and and the big emblem for the that collection is a lightning bolt. So we use a lightning bolt in a lot of things. There's a paper airplane shirt. Um, one of my favorites is the tropical bolt. It's like a lightning bolt with a tropical scene in the back of it. You just have to check it out. They're really cool shirts. And yeah, they're 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 priced. Everything on the store, by the way, if you're wondering why the prices are the way they are, they're usually set on how the printer, how the printing and the shipping is going to take place. So, you know, don't think I'm like money grubbing. <laughs> I just, I set the prices literally almost according, I'm only making like a few bucks off of each order. I only say that because my main thing is design. I just like design these things. And so I also like buying cool shirts. And so I don't want to make shirts like uber expensive. People can't afford them. But if you're looking at the shirts, you're like, my gosh, the shirt's, you know, $22 or 25 bucks. It's usually because the printing on it may come up close to like 20, 20 bucks by the time it's shipped, by the time it's printed and all that, you know, you're looking at, you know, $5 profit on stuff. So I'm only explaining that because I've had a few people say like, man, those shirts, you know, sure do think a lot about your shirts. It's really just more about um, the individual printing that it goes through and the shipping. You know, if you go to a retail store, the reason they sell a shirt for, you know, $8 or $12 is usually because they have like 40,000 of them made all across the world and they can sell them for that so anyway enough of that the other collection is the black and tan collection now that's the fall winter collection i'll probably release some more winter apparel as it starts getting cooler but there's a black and tan fall uh collection right now and there's a few different shirts there's a zip-up hoodie there's a sweatshirt there is a um pom-pom top beanie on there tons of cool stuff the black and tan go check that out uh, really cool collection. I I really enjoy just the the idea of it, all of it being kind of around a black and tan or or white uh, look. So go check those things out. We're actually going to do a photo shoot here in the next month. Uh, as soon as I get some of the gear in for Crazy Kids and for the black and tan, so be looking for that on social media. We've been posting some stuff from Facebook and Instagram. Go check out those pages if you aren't already liking the Facebook page or following the uh, Instagram page. Go do that. You can keep up with all the updates on there. Well, I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I've listened to, somebody who suggested it from the show. It's called uh, The Way I Heard It by Mike Rowe. Um, I love his speaking voice. I didn't know this, but he uh, actually had some jobs doing voiceovers and did I think he did some theater stuff because he's a very distinct voice. I absolutely 100% love um, his voice, and you need to check it out. The way I heard it, they're only like seven to eight minutes long, each of them. And I think right now, based on the last episode I listened to, he's doing some YouTube videos where he actually um, has video versions of these as well. You should go check it out. It's pretty interesting. Um, a good a good podcast to listen to if you're wheeling through. I think they have like 110 episodes so far, so you mean you can listen to a whole bunch of them at one time if you wanted to, if you've got some time. Driving time specifically, great stuff to listen to. And it's, um, you're curious. He's, the way he terms it is that it's for the curious mind but doesn't have the attention span to really get into anything deep. So 
it's a really good snapshot of different stories and stuff. It's really good. Check it, check it out. Um, also, real quick, so my dad works for National Security Insurance, and he was telling me about the hurricane. And when the hurricane come, when hurricanes come, tornadoes come through, he's he's having to go to different places uh, because of his job and and um, survey damage and all that kind of stuff and, and quotes and all that kind of jazz for the insurance company. So he's telling me about the hurricane. And I, I don't watch the news. I have a news app. I've told you all a thousand times probably about it on the show. Uh, it's called Smart News, I believe. And it'll give you updates on, you know, kind of a, a synopsis of certain stories and highlights from everything from politics to world news to U.S. to sports. Um, anything business, anything you want, you can pretty much get it on that app. So I've been checking in with it a little bit. But because my dad, uh, what he does, I've kind of heard about it more, had my eyes on it a little bit more, but I just want to throw this out there, okay, so like for for us in Alabama, we we get tornadoes a good bit, you know, certain times of the year, certain times of the year, they're, you know, more prone for tornado activity. Now, tornadoes can sort of just like pop up, and they can, they can be a surprise. In other words, I, I really feel like that for the most part, we don't have it dialed in to where you can know for sure a tornado is going to come. We can be told this looks like weather that's coming that could have tornadic activity, right? So we can get prepared to that degree. Hurricanes, however, are not like that. It is amazing to me to watch the newscasts and people talk as if the hurricane is a surprise. This thing has been lurking off the coast for over a week and people are just now, like there are some people that are just now like, We've, we got to evacuate. I'm like, no, you should have done that like, you know, a week ago. Why is everybody so surprised by a hurricane? Like, oh, gosh, we got to do something. No, you don't. You should have left it a week ago and got the heck out of there. But instead, we got all these people still surprised at this hurricane. I just, I don't, I don't know. And people on the, the coast live by a mentality of the only thing that's going to affect us is a hurricane. But, you know, a tropical storm or a hurricane. So, like, I would imagine people would be ready, like we're ready for, for tornadoes. You know, there's certain things we need to do for tornadoes. You're, you've got little drills that you do. You don't evacuate for a tornado. You know what I mean? You you get into an inner room somewhere with no windows and make sure you've got something that, you know, can cover your head. So if debris falls on you, that kind of thing. Like, put on a, I see people putting on helmets and stuff. But, you know, we're, we get ready for tornadoes in a way that the same way if you're on the coast, you get ready for hurricanes. I'm, I'm amazed at how, how many people are surprised. People still evacuating. What? Anyway, just a little thought I had. Um, just was confusing to me. At any rate, well, let's get into this Nike ad, shall we? So we had a Nike ad. The Nike ad come out. Um, man, I can't even tell you when the Nike ad came out. I'm going to look it up real quick. All right, let's see. When did it come out? I mean, people have lost their mind over it. Um, and all these memes have come out. So the, the ad says, believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything, which the memes are funny. I'm sorry, but like the one with Thanos, believe in something even if it means sacrificing half of everything, that was pretty funny. So put aside just for a second all the the drama, okay, Everybody's got a view on this whole thing. And that's somewhat the annoyance to me is that 
every it used to be that only certain people had the ability to voice their concerns to a broad spectrum of people. Think about it. Dial it back about 30 years, and we don't have the capacity to be in front of this many people this quickly. So your view on, say, I don't know, the Colin Kaepernick deal or, or you know, Black Lives Matter or President Trump or any of that stuff, you, you couldn't get it out that quick to that amount of people. You just couldn't. You had a neighborhood or a restaurant where people gathered and people talked about these kinds of things. But it wasn't widespread. And honestly, you know, some people in your neighborhood probably didn't care about your, your view. And so I'm saying that to say that it's like it's a it, it it is an automatic for a lot of people to automatically begin to express their view on things that first off they have not studied about. Their talking points usually from someone else who does have national media attention, and it's like it's lambasted, bam, 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 bam. We're sharing, we're retweeting, we're just and that's you know I have a huge problem with social media in that regard because it feels like too many people. Um, they don't even think. They're just reposting. They're putting all this stuff up there, and it's very divisive. It is very rare that you're going to find somebody on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram uh, posting on something like this that is like, hey, I wonder if we could all get together and understand this better. That is not the agenda. The agenda is I either think this is stupid and I'm going to tear it down, or I either think this is brilliant and I'm going to build it up. You know, You very rarely have the opportunity to have people sharing ideas on these formats just because people are not they don't think that way it doesn't seem like to me my view on that um coming from the person who made a podcast so he could talk about whatever he wanted to (laughs) it does sound like the uh kettle calling the pot black but whatever i'm just saying like it seems like it's too easy you know it's too easy to do those kinds of things well the nike ad brought up a a bunch of different things for me okay okay so colin kaepernick's taking a knee back a while back during the national anthem to bring awareness to police brutality. Okay, so let me speak to this issue for a second, then I'll move on to what I originally wanted to, to express in this. Number one is, uh, well, the point is, culture is built on a collection of people's values. Okay, so a collection of people have a value, they set their life around that value, and that's what builds culture. Okay, so... I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I said, even if something isn't necessarily factual, someone can build a belief off of something that was, and so the next time something happens, even if it's not factual, it's perceived, the culture will embrace what was, and hopefully you're tracking with me, what had happened that was truthful and factual before and apply it to the situation at hand. I have read all kinds of stats all kinds of stats that say that net, that the that the amount of people that are being attacked by police or or shot by police is not necessarily like astronomical that like that black people are being shot astronomically higher than than white people or hispanic people or whatever those the most of the stats that i have seen don't show that however if you roll back about 60 years, 60 years ago, black people were being told they weren't even human and were being brutalized by the police. 
So if you take that factual, truthful instance and you think, do you actually think that in 60 years the culture of fear of police, that police are corrupt and that the government doesn't treat black people as people, do you think that's just been washed away after 60 years? That's my part of the argument is that there have been some unjust police shootings that not all of them are, but some of them have been been factually seen as, oh my gosh, this policeman shot this person and had no reason to shoot them. That pulls up all the factual instances from the, the last 60 years and a culture that is set on valuing black lives because other people didn't all gets flared up and then you see some of the things we've seen like Black Lives Matter and all the other stuff. Now I know people will sit there and say, and and this Ben Shapiro says this all the time, the facts don't care about your feelings. But culture does. Culture does care about how you feel. And we have got to be insane if we think that the way people feel shouldn't be factored into what's going on. And, And so I'm a white person and I have got a best, one of my best friends is black. And I cannot sit at a table and say, well, you know what? You just need to look at the facts. You need to be No, 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 no. He's, I, have to, I have to strip away my culture for a second and say, where has your culture been the last 60 years? And gain some understanding and understand a little bit of why some of my f- best friends and some of the people that I know very well are affected by some of the things that white America is not affected by. And I... It's not to draw division. It's to say, can we think about this for a second? I tell somebody all the time, I'm with this person a lot, and I say, I keep keep reiterating, if 60 years ago black people were just for the first time winning their humanity in the United States, can we give it just a little bit of time before we start every time there's a movement by a black person to do something that we crucify them? Can we just slow up and realize that the culture has not changed in black America fully to the point where stuff like this, when it happens, it's not divisive. It, it is still very much a culture that is rooted in the unfair treatment of, of black Americans. So we have, to, we have to talk about that and not in a, well, I don't know why Cal- Colin Kaepernick's taking a knee for police, police brutality because the facts show that no black that black white people are being killed more than black people. That's the stat that I've heard about. I haven't seen that one, but I have some seen some stats that show a decline in uh, black shooting police officers shooting black people and, and minorities in general. Um, but just just because that's the case, you sit down and say, well, the facts are that that's not happening. Well, I'm not talking about the facts only. I'm talking about the culture as well because we know culture is powerful. So let's talk about culture as well. And when you can sit down with one of your friends, if you have a friend that's of a, another race, and you can sit down and say, and, and just ask them, you know, some of the best conversations I've had, <coughs> excuse me, have just come from wanting to get understanding, not from my side, not from a white American, but as, as a white American trying to understand my black friend and saying, help me, you know, with this. So I digress from all that. I go to the ad itself. Do you not think that Nike knew that this would be a controversial ad? I was driving down the road the other day, and I was thinking about ads in general, and I saw an ad <clears throat> for a, a company. And the slogan that was on the, the ad 
pointed to something that made me realize, I won't tell you what the ad is just because I don't want to bash the company or whatever, but the ad was playing on the fact of, of brokenness. And I wrote this down because I thought it was what it was necessary to say on the podcast today. The world plays on brokenness to make money. Ad agencies play on brokenness to make money. When we're broken and, we, and there's a place in, in life that's broken, people will take advantage of that. And the, the sign was, to, was stereotyping a certain gender and to say that when this person is this way, then, then this is what should happen. Same thing with this whole Colin Kaepernick Nike ad. Do you not think that Nike knew that would stir up controversy? Of course they knew. In fact, I was talking to a buddy of mine who said in one of their ad classes, they said you never mention the solution. You always bring up pain or, 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 or brokenness. You use that that pain or whatever that difficulty is, that's where that's what you use to draw customers in. And I thought, what a powerful language. And we ought to be aware of that. When people are advertising towards us, we ought to be aware that they're advertising, advertising towards our pain, towards our discomfort, towards our brokenness to woo us into something, right? Um, so I know Nike's stock plunged and all that kind of stuff, but they'll be right back up. And to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter if they did or not. We've been talking about Nike and that's really the point is you get Nike in your head. We've got a bunch of people that say they're not going to buy Nike stuff anymore. But, that, I mean, to be honest with you, do you really think that's going to be the case when Christmas rolls around or when, when they're buying their uniforms for football or any of that kind of stuff? No, of course not. It's not going to affect that. And, and the whole point of this was to get Nike in our head, Nike in our head. I, I just honestly don't believe Nike was standing behind um, Colin Kaepernick as much. Now, they could have been as much as they were standing by this would be an opportunity to say something. And now Nike's been in the news for a long time, more so than they've been in a while, right? And I think it's the point of advertising is to get your brand out there. Even if bad press is good press, right? It's just getting out there. So that was just a thought of mine that the, the, the Nike ad spoke volumes to me, not necessarily about what Colin Kaepernick was standing for or what we should be standing for or in a divisive thing. It just flared up the idea that, Nike was playing on our brokenness. They knew that if they used Colin Kaepernick, who, by the way, only had one good season in his NFL career and is currently not playing football, why did they use him? They used him because the reason Colin Kaepernick got any kind of headlines was because of his kneeling for the national anthem. You got people on the right politically that losing their minds about it and people on the political left that are embracing it and saying, oh, that's how great this is. It's divisive. It's divisive. So it's just interesting. And now the meat of what could have been, which was Colin Kaepernick doing a peaceful protest, which was 100% completely okay. You may not agree with the fact that he was doing it during the national anthem, but it brought attention to what he was saying. And there was no, and there honestly, as far as the peaceful protest, is no different but between what was happening at the counters or the buses back in the, uh, you know, the 50s and 60s. So, you know, you can argue with that all you want to. This is a country and a place where we can do those things. So, the, the the fact that it got so divisive and the fact that it got so just like an uproar, it is it just shows you kind of where we are, and you can prick that little. That little spot of ours in America, real quick. It's a political one. It's a racial one. Um, it, it has to do with deep set American only values, and we, we just have to be careful with stuff like that. Because for me, you know, I'm not a America first. I'm a Kingdom first 
uh, you know, I, I, I believe that, that God has a plan for all people. And so I, I want to be, I want to be patriotic. I, I love this country. Um, but I don't want to lose, I don't want to forsake my citizenship of heaven. The scripture says I'm a citizen of God's kingdom, not just a citizen of my country. And so just something to think about and be aware of as we look at stuff like this. Well, moving right along, I had a good question for Ask Away. It came from one of our listeners, and I want to read you the question verbatim. I had, oh, uh, let's see here. Question about Halloween. And it is this. With Halloween coming up, how do you address ghosts, witches, and other scary or supernatural things with your kids as a Christian parent? Uh, I've actually talked to a good bit of people uh, about this. Same thing when it comes to, uh, and they had put soon the other holidays uh, that could be a topic. Uh, They had talked about Christmas, Easter. um, I don't know what some of these, oh, the Tooth Fairy. I don't know what these other ones are. But anyway, so, so with anything like this, I would say, uh, you know, I don't think Christians should just be like, dismiss things. I think we take everything as an opportunity to explain who we are amidst the culture. Like Jesus said, I don't pray that you bring them out of the world. Um, you know, I pray that when they're in this world, they just look more like what you want them to look like. So we're not, we just, we want to, the premise of we're not of this world, but we're still in this world. So that's the whole idea of God making a holy people inside of things that are unholy. They shine and show the goodness and the glory of God. So that may be an in-depth answer. Of course, you don't want to talk to a seven-year-old in those terms necessarily. But helping them understand that the holiday is just an opportunity to still be like Christ So, um, and to enjoy things. Here's the deal. Halloween may have meant something. I, by the way, I got Rowan with me. That was him coughing, the little baby cough. Um, Halloween at some point may have been this demonic, devil-infused holiday where people were trying to sacrifice animals and and you know poison people or whatever else. But that is not what it is today in our culture. Today in our culture, it is about dressing up. And and I'm, to be honest with you, Halloween is one of the only uh, social events that gets us out in the community that is still left. Most most events and most um, holidays turn us inward. We're locked up in our house or with only certain types of people. This is one of the only events that literally the expectation is to be out in your neighborhood and go to your neighbor's house. And so my thing is, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to know your neighbors. It's a great opportunity to talk to your kids about having fun. Because in our culture, it's about getting out, dressing up like something fun, and and going and getting candy. Now, for a lot of people, a lot of people like the whole theme of being scary, and they like to go to haunted houses and all that. But for our little kids, I say, it's a great conversation to say, you understand that all this is make-believe. These are people dressed up in costumes. These are not those people. This is not that thing. That guy dressed up like that scary thing over there. That's just a person with a mask on. Um, So helping them understand, because sure enough, just like last year, we came across some pretty scary instances for the kids. I might have been a little scared myself. We had a guy down the road. He had like a pig face on with like an ancient robe on, like a monk robe, and he had this weird stick, and I was like, okay, (laughs) that's not just scary what made you think of that costume? So I was able to just tell my kids, hey, look, he's just being weird and scary. 
But um, we're in. We're doing this because we want to get some candy. It's a fun thing to go around and dress up. The kids love dressing up, like different things. Um, and just take opportunity to let them know what's going on. Involve them in helping them understand that this is real, this is not real, okay? Um, this is what this holiday is for us and our family. I like what Joshua said about his family. He says, as for me and my house, you know, he said, we'll serve the Lord. So for us, as for me and our house, you know, we're going to enjoy Halloween, but we're going to enjoy it in the sense of we're getting to dress up and have fun, and we're going to go get candy and get to be on a sugar rush for the next three weeks, you know? So that would be my advice. Take the opportunity and use it as a moment to help your kids understand some things about your family culture and that, you know, we're, we're the light of the world through Christ, right? That um, he's put us um, in this world to, to do things. So we can even make Halloween a different kind, of Hallow- uh, different kind of event by the way we think about it. And so I'd say help people with, help your kids with understanding things are, you know, not real. Um, uh, also understanding that our culture is not doing what maybe the culture would have then done when it was old Hallow's Eve. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Um, but, yeah, we, we like Halloween around here. Um, I like s- snacking on the kids' candy while they're not looking because I can do that. It's called the parental candy tax. I don't know if any of you know about that, um, but you are allotted 15% of whatever your kids bring in, and it's not 15% of the whole. It's 15% of whatever you want. So, I mean, if there's a whole bunch of Snickers in there, peanut butter Snickers, oh, my goodness, can't wait. I hope they are in abundance this year. I'm taking those. I'm, t- I'm, I'm confiscating those as the parental candy tax. So parents, be wise. If you'll go ahead and tell your kids about it before they get started, then they won't be so disappointed when it comes time to, to pay the piper. Uh, well, hey, look, some tunage, real fast, some tunage, and then we're going to get into our big thought. I'm going to let you know about some stuff coming up here in the near future. A um, few different people you need to check out. And this, man, I've come across some really great music through some good suggestions uh, Jennifer actually just texted me a little while ago and asked me if I knew about Phil Wickham's new um, song. He's got a single out called Till I Found You, and it is so good. Uh, Phil Wickham, this is not his typical style, I don't feel like. So go check it out, Phil Wickham, P-H-I-L, Phil, and then Wickham like the word Wickham, Wickham. So go check him out, Till I Found You is a single that's out. Very, very good song. Uh, we also had Tori Kelly. She, her gospel album just came out, and she has got some cool collaborations. My favorite one being Jonathan McReynolds. I've been listening to Jonathan McReynolds for about the last year. Um, great, great song uh, called Just As Sure. There's a music video of it out as well. Very, very good. It's a, gr- just, it's a good song, but the collab is good. Uh, the Jonathan McReynolds fits in there perfectly. He's also she also did a thing called Masterpiece. It's got uh, Lecrae featured in there. Uh, the other like big song on there is Never Alone. It's featuring uh, Kirk Franklin. Uh, the Hamiltones are in there. Uh, it, it it it's just a good collaboration album and it's a good gospel album. So go check it out. It just came out today, I believe. And so I'll be listening to all that. I've listened to some of them already. Very very good. Um, I've also come across, uh, through my friend Caleb Shaver, uh, the album Shine On Us Part 1 by Nashville Life Music. Oh, my gosh. This stuff. Check this out. Let me get it up here real quick.
feel good music. Gotta wait for it, it's coming. song shine on us super good just wait for it you gotta you gotta just get that beat going first that's me it is. all of it recorded live so it's really cool Good. I was listening to it all last night. And the kids were like, "What are you listening to?" I was like, "I'm listening to music. Get out of my face. It's my house. Listen to what I want." Crazy children. I ain't listening to you. You rock and roll rap music. Uh, but anyway, yeah, really good. Nashville live music. I'm hooked. I'm uh, I'm absolutely hooked. Um, I went back. I was feeling real nostalgic, and I was listening to hymns. But I wanted to to listen to. Um, an old album that I had heard a long time ago. It's by a band called Ascend the Hill, and they do a hymns album. And I was listening to that song that's like, uh, Take the World and Give Me Jesus. I was really in that mode the other day while I was working, and I was just like, you know, I just really want that in my head, in my heart. And that Ascend the Hill album just musically is phenomenal. Uh, but old hymns just have a theological richness to them that a lot of music that I feel like has been written over the last, you know, 60, 70 years may lack sometimes, not all the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not just like totally, you know, dissing the whole music industry when I say that, Christian especially. But hymns have this, I don't know, this this depth to them that's very, very sobering and very good. And uh, I just challenge you uh, to, to get into some of those. I mean, if you like different versions of hymns, uh, great. But I even went back and listened to, to just like some hymns Literally, like just minimal music that really helped focus on the words and stuff. But uh, surely, if you go do a search on Spotify or iTunes Music, you can go do that. And you can find tons of stuff. Um, but the other song that I've been stuck on, and our family loves this song. It's Echo, uh, Turin Wells with uh, Elevation Worship. It's one of the singles released from their new album that will be coming out. It is such a good song. It's fun. If you're looking for a song, if you're looking for a way to get parents, if you're looking for a way to get your kids into singing, um, and you just like for me, I've kind of had to make a transition out of getting them. To, we were we were sing pop or old music that I used to listen to, and I thought they're enjoying this so much. Maybe there's a way to turn this to where they can enjoy singing and in in a worshipful way. That's a good you know. That's something they don't look at as you know like some boring thing like it's exciting and they have super super enjoyed uh this song 
and we've uh, we've we've got some we've had some good rides down the road listening to this song and them singing. Uh, Amsley would just sing it randomly. Uh, the part of it is it's like an echo in my soul. Amsley goes around the house singing that all the time, which is lovely. Absolutely love it. Kids singing worship music take me out every time. So, uh, yeah, check out all that music. Some great tunage to listen to. Good, good, good stuff. Everything on here I'd recommend I'm listening to today, so you need to be listening to it as well. Um, a buddy of mine sent in a request that I should read uh, as some funny Amazon reviews. So I may add this segment in just to give a little life to the podcast, but um, I basically... There is one particular Amazon review that I used to read maybe once a year. Every time I read it, I cried. I even cried so much laughing that it became like the same feeling of a sad cry. That's how bad I started crying. And when I tell you that every time I read it, it this happened, you can ask anybody that was around at that point, it is a 100% fact. The only other thing that can make me start laughing like that is... My pal Hunter Davis doing the laugh from that comedy show where that guy's going, <laughs> that's about the only thing that can make me do that. But uh, may add in an Amazon review every once in a while that's comical and see if I laugh, cry. Uh, it's always a good time. Well, we're going to finish up the show with our big thought. And my goal is to have Monique Henry on the show next week. We're doing our interview uh, this coming Monday. So hopefully the audio will be well and we can have that up. Monique Henry has a single out. I'll go ahead and let you know about it in case you didn't know. She has a single out if you want to be listening to it so that you know what's going on when the show uh, gets here. Where are you at, Monique? I Can Live. Um, I don't know if you've... Let's see. She's an unreal vocalist, great worship leader. She was actually with us at the women's conference uh, this past weekend, which I had the opportunity to speak at as well, which was amazing. Uh, I said it, it sounded really weird. I was like, I absolutely love preaching to women. It's so fun. I was like, that sounds really creepy. But, uh, man, it was such a blast, our women's conference. And so um, um, wanted to let you all know who she is because she's going to be on the show next week. So it'll be real fun. But uh, my big thought comes to parents. And like I said, the big thought would be, I got little Rowan here with me, so it'll be good. I'm like literally doing this in action. Uh, Psalms 103.4 caught my attention the other morning. I was praying, and I found myself praying this scripture without actually knowing where it was from. Um, and the scripture is one uh, Psalms 103.4. And this is what it says. It says, He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Tender mercies was the particular phrase that I was um, thinking about and um, praying because uh, ten, the word mercy is a great thing in general, but the adjective of tender, tender mercies, gives it a, a sense that... I had not yet grasped. I had thanked God for his mercy, but thanking God for his tender mercy. That is, in the maybe the manner in which you receive it, right? That God is tender about his mercy to you. He's not just giving it to you. Here's your here's mercy. You know, he's 
he's a, he's a very tender God in that he's giving tender mercies. And, and I went and did kind of a word study on this. It's actually a Hebrew word where we get a, a word called damsel. And it's, you know, you can think about the term, the phrase uh, damsel in distress, but the idea of a damsel is is a uh, an unmarried girl, a virgin, um, and it, it and I hate to take it to this degree, but is this is in the sense that the word is used in the degree to which it's like this is someone who has never um, been in a relationship uh, and even sexually. Okay, so I, again, I don't mean to take it that way, but there seems to be a correlation between that. A lot of times when you hear the word virgin or uh, unmarried woman, there's a visualization of this person has never been with anybody. It's it's a it's they're tender. They they're 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 new to these experiences. They're innocent to these experiences, and and it kind of gives that sense to that word damsel of tender mercies. Is this is a person who who has never been around that kind of stuff. They've never been introduced to the idea of a sexual relationship. Even like they are so pure and it's so tender. It's like a, a like a plant. When it's first planted, it has to be very well taken care of because it's tender. It's at a tender age. Like you've hear, heard those phrases. So the idea is that God is issuing us these very tender mercies. And I thought about it from the sense of how I am with my kids. And so parents, I, I thought about this specifically. And if you've got nieces or nephews or people that you're, uh, you know, you're friends with and they've got younger kids... Um, the idea of handling kids with a tender mercy. I, I, I'm, my confession is, is that I get upset with my kids about things all the time. Last night, uh, I told Jennifer I had to turn away for a second because I was so frustrated at one of my kids. And I said, this won't matter in an hour. This will not matter in an hour. I'm not going to get mad about it now. I'm not going to get upset about it now. I'm not going to let it change my demeanor now because it's not even going to matter in an hour. Um, I, I want to be able to discipline my kids, but I want tender mercies in doing so. God disciplines us because he's a good dad, right? And so we discipline our kids because we're, we're good parents. But when we're disciplining our kids or when we're thinking, when we're dealing with our kids in the middle of a situation, our kids need the same tender mercies we're being offered from God need to be flowing into us and through us to our kids as we're giving them tender mercies, these, these, these tender moments where we sit. For, yes, Rowan, go ahead. Hallelujah. Woo, get it. Um, these tender moments where we're, we're not yanking, you know, I think about how many times I've yanked my kid by the arm or I've been aggressive with them with my words, even, even in the sense of just uh, my words, you know, just being tender and realizing that stern is okay, um, but, but when, we're, when, we're, when we're issuing mercy, you've got to think about the temperament in issuing mercy to our kids. And it doesn't mean we don't discipline. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but in the fashion, that it's an adjective. Tender is an adjective. It's a, a manner in which we issue uh, mercy, a way in which we issue grace and love to our kids, even discipline, that there is a tenderness to it. And uh, I just really, I mean, I've been focusing on this word for the last three or four days, that, that I would have tender mercies for my kids, that I would receive the tender mercies of God, that he's being tender with me, He's being delicate with me, right? That's probably a, even a, 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 a word that translates a lot, but he's being delicate. Delicate does not mean being a sissy, by the way. That terminology is like, is like well, don't be a sissy. No, I'm not, we're not doing that. We're going to redeem some stuff. Being delicate and being tender is not being a sissy. 
it is it's a, it is it is in in fact it is you embodying the nature of God in our kids' lives, being tender and delicate, uh, just like a damsel would be tender and delicate. We would give that imagery of a damsel, uh, tender and delicate, and and giving that same attention to our kids, especially when they blow it. Oh my gosh, I've heard some great stories from Pastor Chris here lately, just about when his kids have blown it and just being merciful and being tender with them. So just an encouragement to you uh, to think that way with your kids. Be praying on it. You know, that's the best way to enable yourself and enact anything in your life, especially things that are spiritual, is to take it to prayer and let God form it in you in private so that it can come out in public. It's something that I've been developing as a phrase in my life. Develop it in private. It'll come out in public. Then you don't have to announce it. You don't have to say, well, I'm trying to change. You can just say, I'm praying. And God will bring that change about in our hearts. So if you've been a little too tough with your kids here lately, um, think about it in the sense that we, we say it around at Move all the time, but we, we've been saying it in the house here lately. Me and Jennifer, it's like, you know, tender heart, tough skin. You know, I'm not going to let certain things bother me, but I'm going to let my heart be, still be tender. You know, tough skin, tender heart. So, uh, well, that's it for the show today. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And, of course... If you want to follow along with anything going on with the show, you can like our Facebook page, the It's John Fox Show, and you can also uh, see what's going on on Twitter, uh, It's John Fox Show at Twitter. You can follow me personally at It's John Fox on Twitter and Instagram, see what's going on in my personal life because it's very exciting. What I do, oh, is that funny? Is that funny? Do you think my personal life is funny? Uh, Rowan thinks my personal life is funny. Basically, all my stories have you in them, bro, so you need to chill out. Um, and then, of course, uh, you want to check out the store, Wotown Creative. You can go to wotown.store. Always want to plug the store. Go check it out, the fall uh, line, black and tan. Go check that out. And if you're looking for something for your kids, we got some cool stuff on the Crazy Kids Collection. You can go check that out. Be looking forward uh, to the um, photo shoot we're going to do. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be really cool to kind of see some of our stuff on people and uh, see it make its way to the social medias. Uh, so, yeah, hope you've had a great show. If you ever want to add anything to the show, you can send an email to itsjohnfox at gmail.com. Any segments you would love, anything you'd like for us to discuss, um, I try to do my best to put it on the show. I do not ignore stuff. I try to figure out how to make it work so you can always do that. Well, that's it for the show. Hope you've had a great time today. I know I have. Rowan, have you had anything else that you would like to add to the show? Anything. Anything at all. Okay, well, that's rare for our children, right? We've got loud kids. I'm Jonathan Fox. This has been the It's John Fox Show.